I suppose that for every one of us, there is that one teacher that had such a profound impact on who we are, the way we think. I can look back in my own life personally and pick out three or four teachers that had such a great influence on who I am and on what I do and even the way I do it. I believe that as a person takes the Bible and reads it, there are some passages which seem to just draw us in and make us a better person because of it. In our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, beginning with Matthew chapter 5, going through Matthew chapter 7, our Lord spoke with His disciples on that mountain on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. There were multitudes of people listening to that sermon that was being delivered. And over the past three months, we have been studying with the Savior. We've been listening to the words that He used, to the various points that He made. And if we have been letting it, it can and will shape and mold us in to better people. As we conclude this series of lessons this morning, we're going to look at this lesson that the Lord has given on listening. And what I would like to begin with is something that I believe will help us as we approach this passage of Scripture. Have you ever wondered if you might survive a storm? Have you ever asked the question, will my shelter survive? As you start thinking about the various kinds of storms that come in this world, it may be that you are thinking about, in our area of the country, a tornado that came through. I remember as a boy of about six years old when a tornado hit the house in which I grew up, took the roof off of our house. I remember the thought, the fear, will this house survive? I would dare say that those people who have caught and been caught in floods have asked the question, will our house be washed away? Will it be taken in the flood? Those people who live along the coast frequently find themselves being challenged with things like hurricanes. Will the house in which I live survive? You know, as you think about that, I'd like to direct you to Isaiah 4 and verse 6. And God said, And there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat, for a place of refuge and a shelter from storm and rain. God is talking about a shelter. He's talking about a place of refuge. Or as the song we sing sometimes, a shelter in the time of storm. Will that shelter survive? Does it matter how well the shelter is built in the time of trouble? We all know that times of trouble will come, but what about the house in which we are in? If the hailstorms begin to fall and begin to beat upon that roof, will the roof cave in with us in it? Or if the floods begin to rise, will that house be swept away by a flood? I think particularly to the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, to chapter 13. 
You see, in the Old Testament, you had a problem because God's prophets were trying to tell people the truth. Trying to provide them a right way out of their trouble. On the other hand, there were people who were so interested in trying to make everyone happy and please everybody. They said what everyone was wanting to hear. and They were the false prophets. God illustrated the contrast in Ezekiel 13 beginning with verse 10 by saying, Because indeed, because they have seduced my people saying, Peace, when there is no peace, and one builds a wall, and they plaster it with untempered mortar. And they say to those who plaster it with untempered mortar that it will fall. There will be flooding rain, and you, O great hailstone, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall tear it down. Surely when the wall has fallen, it will be said to you, Where is the mortar with which you plastered it? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will cause a stormy wind to break forth in my fury. And there will be a flooding rain in my anger and great hailstones in fury to consume it. So I will break down the wall which you have plastered with untempered mortar and bring it down to the ground and its foundations will be uncovered. It will fall and you will be consumed in the midst of it. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. The picture of a wall built out of untempered mortar is really the same idea of paper mache. Here they have constructed something that looks real, but it's a fake. It's something that looks like it will protect people, but it will not. Does it matter what kind of place in which you seek shelter? I'd suggest to you it surely does. No one wants to be in a shoddy building, poorly constructed, with a shifting foundation. If you knew that this building in which you and I are in today could possibly fall, many of you would say, I'm not going to stay in here. I want to go somewhere where I can be safe. Let me ask you, how are you building your spiritual house? You see, as we go to Matthew chapter 7, Verses 24 through 27. I imagine most of us think of the little children's song, you know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. But I want to approach it a little bit differently today. I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about the shelters. I want to talk about the storms. And then I want to talk about survival. Let's look back again at verses 24 through 27. Brother Tim did a great job reading that for us. But let's focus our attention once again. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, 
and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. You see, the two houses, the two shelters, if you will, represent two different types of lives. We're talking about not really the building, but we're talking about the person. And he's going to use a likeness. And so for us, let's think about the shelter. Let's think about that. Wise builders consider a lot of things, but none more important than the foundation. You know, I like watching the building shows. One of the things that comes out of those building shows quite frequently is that people put a lot of emphasis on the beauty of something, but they don't spend enough time or enough expense on the foundations, the important things. Let me give you a good illustration from Luke chapter 6 and verse 48. There Luke will talk about, recording the words of Jesus, about digging deep to find that bedrock. I suggest to you, for instance, like the World Trade Center, they had to go down 80 feet to try to find bedrock upon which to build that tower. And it did not fall because of the foundation. It fell because of something that came from the sky. The Sears Tower in Chicago they had to go down a hundred feet to find bedrock upon which to build that building. Listen to our Lord. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. You put it on something that is solid... And it will stand. You've got to dig deep. Then you've got to think about building on top of it. When Paul was describing with the Corinthians about the spiritual house, the church, he said in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take care or take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He goes back and he says, I am a wise master builder. He talks about how a person builds on. But then he goes back and takes the important part of the foundation, he says, which is Jesus Christ. Upon what are you building your shelter, your house, where you are protected from the storms of life? Is it upon God who is the solid foundation? Listen to Psalm 89 verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Is your spiritual house based upon a God of whom righteousness and justice are a part of who He is and mercy and truth? In 2 Timothy 2, verse 19, Paul says, Nevertheless, 
the solid or the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Upon this foundation, there is an inscription. There's a seal, if you will. And the seal says the Lord knows those who are His. And those who are His need to depart from iniquity. If you're going to build your spiritual life, you build it upon God, but you build it the way that God has the foundation laid. Hebrews 11 and verse 10, talking about Abraham and Sarah, they waited for a city who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. They're looking for a spiritual place where they can have a permanent shelter from the time of storm. But here's the problem. So many people in our world today think that you can build your house on just anything. They feel that you can build it upon man. Listen to Psalms 82 and verse 5. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. It does not matter whether you go to our local board of mayor and alderman meeting or you go all the way to the hallowed halls of Washington, D.C. We're having people telling us that it does not matter if you're a Muslim, it does not matter if you're a Buddhist, it does not matter if you're a Christian or whatever else. You can build a house upon anything. You can build it upon anything, but not all of them will survive. You see, if, if you and I do not build our house on the Lord Jesus Christ, it will not stand. That's the reason why when we study such passages as Matthew 16 and verse 18, and we hear what the Savior says, He says, and I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Are you building your spiritual house on the Lord? Are you building it upon some man? Is it upon Martin Luther? Is it upon John Calvin? Is it upon any man? If your spiritual house is not built upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then it's not built properly. Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman pulls it down with her hands. If you're going to build a shelter, build it on the Lord Jesus Christ and build it well, as Paul would say, as a wise master builder. But now Jesus talked about the rains descending, the floods coming, the winds beating upon the house. Both houses experienced the same storms. One stood, the other did not stand. And you can tell whether one is good versus one is bad by how well it stands during a time of storm. And you only know something is strong after it has been tested. Several places in the Bible talk about this type of testing. I think about 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, where he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, 
may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Tested by fire. You have to realize, how do I know whether or not my faith is genuine? How do I know whether or not the house that I'm building is a true house? Will it stand? Just like Hebrews 11 verse 17 talks about Abraham who was tested. His faith was tested. One of the best passages I can think of is Psalms chapter 11. Because the psalmist starts out and he talks about the kind of struggles and the storms of life. He says, In the Lord I will put my trust. How can you say to my soul, Flee to the mountain, flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready the arrow upon the string, that they may shoot secretly at the upright of heart. Verse 3 is key verse. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous. But the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked He will rain coals, fire and brimstone and burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. See, Psalms chapter 11 pictures for us this storm that's going to be brought to test. And the righteous will be tested. But if you destroy the foundation, what can the righteous do? We're tested by tragedies. The truth is, every service almost, we have the announcements before we begin our worship or our Bible study. And sadly, we hear about the failing health of some of our members or some of the members' family. And it is really sad to hear of, of some people suffering we also know of those people who have had some very difficult things happen in their lives. They may have lost their jobs. And in losing their health, sometimes they lose their ability to work and make a living. And they struggle financially. Other people have their faith assaulted. You know, I think about young people and what they have to endure. I know that when I was a student in school... Forty years ago, I sat in classes where people belittled and mocked my faith. That's a real challenge that people have to have. But you see, if you build your house on the Lord, and that's your shelter, when the difficulties with health come, when the difficulties with money comes, when the difficulties of being faithful to God come, you stand strong. Because your house is built on the right thing. Paul would put it like this in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. For this reason I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Come what may, you can trust God 
and your house can stand. Same storms come, some stand and some fall. Now let's talk for just a moment or two about survival. When the storm passes by, will your house stand? In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25, The whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. You know, the whirlwind here is very much like our tornadoes. And what is interesting to observe is that sometimes a storm will pass through. Some houses seem to survive while other houses seem to just be blown apart. When you go to the areas like California, there's some techniques that are used to try to keep houses so they won't fall during an earthquake. When the storms pass by, what counts is Will the house that I am in, will it survive? Will I survive? Listen to James chapter 1. Jesus made it clear that what a person had to do was hear what he said to do and then do it. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. And he observes himself and goes away and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one shall be blessed in what he does. Folks, for just a moment, think about that with regards to a shelter. You look at your home in which you live and you see that there is a major hole in the roof, and it's weakening the structure you're in. And you can say, I need to do something about that one of these days. And then you walk off and you forget about it. The next day you come along, and it's going to come another storm, and you look up and you see, I still have that hole in the roof. And now the house is weaker than it was before. And you walk away and you don't do anything. Folks, do you realize that every Lord's Day we assemble together here, we study from God's Word, and it tells us what kind of things in our lives that we need to change, how we need to redo this or redo that in our lives. And sometimes we hear what is said, and we walk out the door, and we forget about it till we come back the next week or a week or two later, and we hear the same message, and we don't change Is that any different than looking at our house knowing that it is falling apart? In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 18, Because of laziness, the building decays. And through idleness of hands, the house leaks. We've come to the point where we are not doing what we know we need to do And when the storms come, our house will not survive. In Numbers chapter 32, verse 23, he says, Be sure your sin will find you out. There will be a day of testing. And either you will survive or you will not survive. Will you wait till it's too late? 
You know what you need to do, but will you wait to the point where no longer can you fix it easily? Now it's very difficult. Let me tell you something that happens with a lot of people in life. They do something they know is wrong, and they think maybe nobody's going to find out about it. Or they think, I, I just don't know if I need to handle this right now. I'll just wait till later. And then it becomes a much bigger problem and much harder to deal with. And sometimes people wait till too late. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You see, I can look at my life, I can look at the shelter in which I live, and I can look at the foundation upon which I have built, and I can actually wait so long that I die and I no longer have any ability to change that. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 10 and 11, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We know what the day of judgment is going to bring. Now this sermon that the Lord preached made an impact. We're going to take the last two verses of Matthew chapter 7. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. It astonished them. You know why it astonished them? is because if you go back and you look at everything the Lord talked about, that's where we live. That's our lives. And the Lord knows how to go directly to the heart of man. To make man think. And when you get through listening to the Lord, you know that He has your number. And I've heard people say sometimes, boy, he had your number. He had you figured out. The Lord's got us figured out. Not like the scribes. You see, for the scribes, a lot of their messages were speculations based upon some precedent. The Lord taught it was one having authority. He was the authority. He's the source of the message. You have heard it said, but I say to you. And he had divine authority because he was divine. Will you let his sermon change your life? You see, we've gathered here this morning to give praise, honor, and adoration to the God of heaven. We are gathered here to study His Word because it's the Word that will save our souls. And if you look in your life and you say, you know what I've been doing? I've been building my life on the foundation of myself. I've been building my life on the foundation of my friends. Some of you may say, I started out right, I have the good foundation, but I have not kept up my spiritual house.
And I've got problems that I need to resolve. If you're here and you're not a Christian, when we sing this song, we want to encourage you to be obedient to the gospel. Because of your faith, repent of your sins and be baptized for the remission of those sins. If you are a Christian and you are looking at that life and you say, I've got to take care of it, do that now while together we stand and sing.